TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. We are the G-O-D. We came to rock the spot like Iron Man stars. Yeah, no the the in the world today. Radio, Chris Platt and the R-E-Y. Cash. So listen to them clear. And put the box right near your ears. The chair, let your blood down your fears. Cause you can never fuck with Wu Tang Killer. Look at the chair. Look at the shit. Look at You are now listening to Chair Shot Radio. Always use your head. brings back sweet sweet memories oh my goodness gracious it really does greetings and salutations ladies and gentlemen welcome back to three man weave three man weave is brought to you by the good folks at chair shot radio in conjunction with thechairshot.com which we remind you to always use your heads and use your heads right now because tis the season it's the holiday time you you got people you got to buy stuff for maybe you want to get a gag gift for them maybe you are traveling and going to be with your family i don't recommend it but i know a lot of you are going to do that it is what it is and you might need a, a gift for you know cousin seymour or uh, uncle randy or somebody like that it just randomly pops up you know how it goes why not go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt we do have something for everybody we've got jesus did the job it's the reason for the season they don't have to know it's a wrestling related shirt they'll think jesus did the job Jesus did do the job, right? If they're hella religious, boom, there you go. Hashtag journalism. Everybody talking about fake news and whatnot right now. They ain't got to know that it's a wrestling shirt. Save tag team wrestling. Okay, that one is kind of obvious, but still. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, if you enjoy the content that we provide day in and day out here at The Chair Shot, the best way to make sure we continue to do that is by supporting us. How do you support us? I'm glad you asked. By going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please, thechairshot.com. We're not just a website, we are a movement. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, my brother from another mother, Mr. Raymond Cash. PC Tunney is on assignment this week, so we're not running the three man weave. We're actually running the pick and roll today. So, Raymond, how you doing, sir? That makes sense because I'm, you know, I'm a power forward and you look like you're a point guard. So that makes perfect sense. Um, I, I am a point guard. My, my passing was my best ability on a basketball court and rebounding. I could rebound real well, well too. But go ahead. Okay, Gary Payton. Um, two questions. Number one, are all the people in your family old as fuck? Seymour? Really? <laughs> the irony is all these names that I be naming – I don't have any any family members that have those names. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Secondly, didn't the intro bring back some memories, dog? It did, man. It bring back it brought back great memories. That's one of the great shows that nobody was listening to, quite frankly. <laughs> no, people listened. It's just they didn't have shit to listen to because we barely recorded. For uh, those of you who don't know, 
Mr. Platt and myself had the Chair Shot Radio moniker for maybe seven, eight months and possibly did maybe three months worth of work. <laughs> three but months? You, you're giving us a lot more credit, man. <laughs> we, we had a few shows. We had a few shows. But I, and to, our, to our credit, you know, both of us have jobs. We have families. Things happen. Um, so with that being said, it's just matriculated itself into the three-man weave with our brother, Mr. Tunney. But since Tunney isn't here tonight, I figured let's kind of do a throwback. Let's go old school, man. We're going to rock the ropes like The Undertaker. There's many other old school moves you could have <laughs> used. You chose that one, but I rock with it. <laughs> I hate that damn move because, like, I can suspend my disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. But this six-foot-ten big motherfucker is just walking the ropes and staring and looking at me, and you got my arm, and I'm just like, okay. Alright. Okay. Oh, that hurt. Where'd that arm come from? Like, you know, bro, that's I I hate that move. I I appreciate the athleticism. But yeah, that's a big bunch of nothing. He was okay, K Fabe, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying. He was squeezing the wrist. They were in legitimate pain. He had worked on the arm previously and they were just writhing in pain. Maybe that's that's worse than trying to explain the heart punch to me. Well, I mean, if somebody punches you in the heart, man, it's going to hurt. You might actually be down for three seconds. You're right, but if you ever watched them, they never punched in the heart. They punched in the armpit. <laughs> you know, uh, I-, I can't remember the rest was. I think it was Ox Baker. This was way back in the Damn, day. Damn, you took it back. Are, you know Ox what I'm talking about? I know Ox Baker, yes. So Ox Baker, it was actually a melon farmer. His finishing maneuver was the heart punch. Mm-hmm. And a melon farmer actually died in the ring with him. This was way back in the day before either one of us would thought of. But he actually died in the ring. So it kind of helped to get the move over because it legitimately killed a melon farmer. And for the record, for for those of for those of you who are true wrestling nerds, you'll appreciate the fact that I brought up the heart punch. Because me, Mark Callis's finishing move was the heart punch. They don't know nothing about me, Mark Callis, man. I'm just yeah. saying, there's five people. I can hear Rob right now listening. Like, yeah, 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 that's it. Being managed by Teddy Long with the leather do rag. Yes. Oh, uh, for the record. Yes. I, any black man that wears a do rag and has no hair, you all right with me, bro? Touche. You all right with me? Touche. <laughs> Touche. Okay, so this ain't a wrestling podcast. This is more. This is the sports edition. Platt and I are gonna get back together and do some wrestling stuff eventually, but. Sports have been crazy over the past few weeks. I want to give you, because you're my brother, and I hate it, but I want to give you a couple of minutes to go ahead and gloat, because right now, the Cleveland Browns may be playing the best football in all of football. The best non-Chiefs football out of anybody playing right now. Get it out of your system so we can actually talk some football. That's funny. I didn't know we were going to leave with this, but I'm glad we are. So I want to get it over with, so we don't have to worry about it or think about it no more. So, yittity, the Cleveland Browns are 9-3. and three. Who in the bloody hell saw that coming? Now, full disclosure, before the season started, I had them winning nine games. But, you did? And this was a big win because people think that Tennessee is good. You know, me personally, I think the jury is still out. That defense is trash. I think I talked about it on these airwaves. I don't know if they're legitimately good, but most people do think that they're legitimately good. They are leading their division. And they got mollywopped by the Browns this past Sunday. 
that was probably the not even probably that was the most impressive win of the brown season and it's got people looking at the browns in a different light people are asking are the browns really good which i think personally the jury's still out on that but i'm just going to enjoy the fact that they're nine and three because last time they were nine and three was like 1994 yeah so i'm gonna enjoy that so to, to, to say something good about the browns they've actually found a formula that works for them Run the ball, stop the run. And it's the oldest adage. That's going back to when they wore the leather helmets. That's how you won games. You run the ball effectively. You stop the run. Um, I do think, and this is going to sound a little ironic because Baker Mayfield had his best game of the season, throwing the ball. But I think you're going to get to a point where Baker's going to have to win the game for you with his arm. I still think the jury's out on out on that. But nonetheless, against a, a good defense, they could do four touchdowns, 300 yards in, in a half. So, I mean, like right now, the Browns have every reason to kind of feel good about themselves going into a big clash with Baltimore next week. So, like, I think the, clearly the Browns aren't the best team in the AFC. That's the Chiefs and the Steelers lost tonight. We record this on a Monday night. But the Steelers, I think, are still better top to bottom. Um, the Browns can beat them, but I still think the Steelers are better. Um, and I think the Bills may be better, but they can legitimately punch all three of those teams in the mouth. And I think as many teams have shown Vegas being the first one out come to mind from this year, they've shown the formula to beat Pat Mahomes, keep him off the field, keep him off the field and Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, no better combination in the league than that. That's what I think makes them dangerous when you get into January football. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowing. The elements are going to be a factor. We saw that three-game stretch in November where they went 2-1, and one, where they dealt with some of the worst weather you could possibly deal with at that particular point in time. And yeah. it wasn't pretty, but they found a way to win. And you, you were a lot kinder to Baker than I am. I, I don't think Baker's it. I just don't. But shout-out to Kevin Stefanski. I mean, he had a mm-hmm. few years out there in Minnesota as the offensive coordinator dealing with cousins and I I think that Baker is more talented than cousins but it's the same type of thing we're talking about about mid-level quarterbacks here and the same thing that he did with cousins is the same thing that he does with Baker he doesn't put Baker in a position to fuck shit up now he saw that Baker had the hot hand on 10 on on Sunday and he just let him him. rock with it yeah yeah yeah. you got to feed the hot hand so he let him rock with it but I don't think that's I think that's the exception as opposed to the rule. I think his wheelhouse is 22 to 25 passes per game. Just hand it off to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If you do this right, they both of them are going to mess around and get a thousand yards, which that has happened in Cleveland again since 94 with um, uh, what was it? It was um, uh, Kev, uh, Eric Metcalf. And oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. It's Leroy Horde. And they went 11 five won a playoff game that year got killed by Pittsburgh in the second round but they went 11 to five and won a play won a playoff game that year so I think that is the formula and the defense if that front four can continuously get pressure with especially with Miles Garrett on the floor field because as great as Nick Chubb is Miles Garrett low-key might be the best player on that team between I don't Chubb think it's I don't think it's a question yeah I don't think it's a question yeah. So if they can get legitimate pressure without having to bring rushers, you can drop you know seven people back into coverage. That's going to make it a lot more difficult to throw the ball come playoff season. Now that secondary does have some questions. They're very talented, but they always stay hurt. Like I can't even remember the last time that the actual secondary for the Browns 
play the game, like all four of them, like both corners sure. and both safeties. I, I don't know when that's happened. And that's not an excuse, but they're young, but they're no, fair. Yeah, but it's fair. Yeah. And 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 something that, you know, both of us being fans of teams that have been defensively led for so long, no, is you can have a subpar secondary. It doesn't matter if you got a great line. If you got a, got a great, great line that gets pressure mm-hmm. and gets it to quarterback, that ball's coming out and it could be me or you. It doesn't matter. Somebody going to get to it. And that's what's happened for the Browns because you guys have had a, a a very solid defense. And nowadays, to have a solid defense, you're giving up 25 to 30 points. That is what it is. Because the the I think the the rules have shown us all the rule changes have been changed to raise the scoring and to protect the quarterbacks. So you, there's not many 10-7 defensive battles anymore. So if you give up 25, that's not a bad game. Um, one thing I want to speak about the Browns that I'm curious to hear your opinion on is if it's interesting that Baker's played his best football and has not thrown us interception since Odell got hurt on an interception that he threw. Now, I'm not one of those people that thinks that the Browns are better without Odell, but I think I have an explanation as to why they play better without him. Do you mind? Please, the floor is yours. We have kind of we because we've been so blessed and 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 kind of um, ingratiated with so many great quarterbacks over the past decade. You know, over the past decade, we've had the pleasure of seeing Peyton, Brady, Rogers, Breeze, now Pat Mahomes, so many, and even the younger guys, Russ Wilson and and Deshaun, so many great true great passers in this generation, Philip Rivers and Ben, I give them that credit because they're Hall of Famers, that we think that every quarterback can or should be able to make all five reads on the field. They can't. Baker's not a five-read guy. Baker's not a four-read guy. Baker's not a two- <laughs> three-read guy. Baker's a number one, two, where's my hot? And I think right now is he's either looking at Landry, he's looking at the tight end, or he's looking at his hot. And I think that's helping him because his decision-making is what has always been his biggest issue. And when you don't have so much to think about, then you make better decisions. And with all due respect to Odell, he's such a commanding presence on that field that I know Baker feels like, I got to get the ball to Odell. He ain't, I threw it Odell in about five passes. I got to throw to Odell now. And that's no, that's no fault of Odell's. It's just who he is. I'm sure T.O. was the same way in the huddle. I'm sure Michael Irvin was the same way in the huddle. I'm sure Marvin Harrison or, or you know, Jerry Rice, any great receiver, that's just who they are. They command presence. So I think that's the biggest issue. And I think the Browns are going to continue to play better without Odell, even though they're not as good with without him as they are with him. Does that, does that make sense? No, I, you know, I feel you, Ray, and I've gone back and forth about this a few times because when he first got hurt, I thought, like you think, ultimately that's a good thing because it, it, it allows him to spread the ball out to more receivers and he doesn't feel that pressure that he has to get the ball to, to Odell. But then I watched them struggle to score points in that stretch during the month of November, and I know that weather was a factor, but at the same point in time, it, it it also is a testament to having that dynamic presence that is Odell on the field because as a defense, you have to account for him. 
So you're going to put at least two guys over there to worry about him because you got to worry about him. And that opens things up for everybody. It opens things up for the running game. It opens things up for the other receivers as well. But then seeing him play these last couple of games, because he missed some throws last week versus Jacksonville, but he still put 27 points up on the board. So that's going to miss throws. That. He going to miss throws. That's he going to miss throws. See, Baker going to bake. Yeah, that's fair. And then, of course, this performance that he put out here, you know, last this Sunday, as we're recording this on a Monday, I'm starting to lean maybe, okay, maybe so. I think it's more of a chemistry thing, though, because okay. the whole time that, Cle- that, that Odell's been in Cleveland, he hasn't really practiced that much because he's had these nagging injuries that he's been dealing with. And I don't think him and, o- or him, him and Baker have had an opportunity to uh, develop that chemistry. You brought up Marvin okay. Harrison. Well, him and Baker, Peyton Manning, they had chemistry like none other. You know what yeah. I mean? But they put the work in. You know, Rice and Montana. Like, they put that work in to develop that chemistry. And I think that he has more chemistry with guys like the Donovan Peoples-Jones and, uh, you know, a couple of the tight ends. Jarvis. Even Jarvis Landry. Or even Jarvis. But Jarvis was there before Odell, which kind of leads to what you're saying. Yeah, he's he's had more reps with them, and he's more comfortable with them. Because if anything, I think that he does force the ball to Odell sometimes. But at the same point in time, I don't think he does a good enough job. Sometimes you just got to let your playmakers make a play on the Randy Moss side of the game. Sometimes you just okay. got to throw it up and let him go jump and catch it. I mean, this Bella Farmer would be making one-handed, left-handed catches behind the back in practice. Like, sometimes you just got to throw it up and let your playmakers play, and I don't think he does a good job of doing that. I do think that he forces it in, but sometimes just throw it up there and see what happens. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of how I'm, I live in Houston, and you guys know I'm not a Texans fan. I'm a Ravens fan, but um, – I. Reminds me a lot of the Matt Schaub years with Andre Johnson. Now, major difference because Andre Johnson never had a number, a good number two receiver. Like it was, he never had any help from a receiving end. He's had good running backs. Arian Foster, if he would have never got hurt, would have been a Hall of Famer from his output. He had help otherwise, but on the receiving end, like Matt Schaub threw five thousand yards on the GP of Andre Johnson being his ex receiver, literally. And that's why Andre Johnson's a first ballot Hall of Famer playing like nine years. Because, like, it's it's think about it. I guess you could say the same with Megatron and Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's a better quarterback than anybody you mentioned. But nonetheless, and it's interesting to me because the parallels between uh, Schaub and Baker are very similar. Baker has a stronger arm. Matt Schaub is more accurate. But the difference is that, and I don't know if it's, it may be chemistry, timing, but no matter what, Andre Johnson could be triple teamed. He got that ball. Odell hasn't seemed to have done that. And Matt Schaub never threw the ball. And it's Matt Schaub maybe 10% of the time, maybe 20. I'm being generous. Hit match hit Andre Johnson in between his numbers or in his hands. He always underthrew him or he always threw him left or right. Couldn't overthrow him because he ain't got the arm. So, but he went and found that. He found a way to get to the ball. So should some criticism be thrown Odell's way? I would say yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to be fair, I would say yes. Like it takes two to tango. So I I, I would say yes. And and like I said, man, he hasn't spent a lot of time practicing with them because he's been hurt this whole time. He's been dealing with nagging injuries the whole time that he's been in Cleveland. So he hasn't gotten a lot of reps with Baker. So, but you, I mean, but that's gotta, you gotta do something. I mean, hell, go outside in the backyard and pitch and catch. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? During the offseason, just throw the, the picks get around or just hang out and have a couple of drinks or something like that. Do what you got to do to try to develop that chemistry. Think of, I think about Brady 
going to Tampa Bay in the midst of a, of a pandemic with no offseason, no training, very, like a, a an abbreviated training camp. And he said, fuck the protocols. He flew all of his receivers to either his house or somewhere, and they worked out on their own. That, to me, shows me leadership. And that was the wrong thing to do because it set a bad precedent. But from a football standpoint, I want my, I, I'm a coach. I want my quarterback doing that type of stuff. I want my receivers getting together on their own, outside of me, working outside of us because you're, you're paid to do this. And that's what breeds the real chemistry. Um, it's, it's, you know, we know that they don't have the same hours they used to have in terms of being able to train. They can't train under in pads every day no more like they used to. So much of the whole process has changed, and especially in a pandemic, they can't do the same things. So I, I'm with you. I, I don't see why as good a receiving room, and I'm including the tight ends because they got two legit ones, as they have. I don't see why there's not better chemistry with their quarterback. And so many of us rush to judgment to to, to judge the quarterback because we know Baker isn't a great, passer but i do think we need to start looking at the receivers too i i just can't see why we can't so number one when you brought up tom brady i thought you were going to go a whole different direction talk about how he has this uh man crush on antonio brown well, that's point, part of like, it too it's like hey man yeah you can stay in my house you can fuck my wife whatever man just, just, just <laughs> to whatever. be fair to be fair with the best take away randy moss because that's oh yeah without question the, I know what the, most, the most talented receiver he's ever played with without is question. Deion Branch. With, yeah, without question, yeah. So, like, I'd be trying to let that man do whatever he needs to do, too. Because <laughs> if Antonio Brown had his head on straight, Antonio Brown could be the one guy to get close to T.O. Nobody's getting close to Jerry Rice. Oh, but he can get close to T.O. and Chris Carter. Mm-hmm. If, if, like, he's the one guy that could. I so, agree. I, I you get, get it. it. You get it. And I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, man. I think some of the fault has to go on Beckham as well. But I'm just I'm hesitant to criticize Beckham because he gets so much criticism, and I think that he's misunderstood. Like, yes, he's a diva. Most of the wide receivers are divas. But at, at the end of the day, this Mellon Farmer wants to win, and I, I think he has demonstrated enough to show that he wants to win. Just because he wears flashy clothes and chains, and I never understood the concept of wearing chains and earrings playing football. Like, if I was a player, I would snatch a chain and pull your earring out and this and that, a but maybe it's a different thing. Now, but, he did that to Michael Crabtree. That's why they hate each other to this yeah, day. Yeah. Right. But I mean, but I but I, I don't question Odell's work ethic from anybody you say he's the first in the in the facility, the last to leave, and he truly cares about winning. And I I, I I'm hesitant to diss Odell like I'm hesitant to diss some of these receivers because Sometimes it's not about football. There's some other shit going on, and and people try to diss them using coded language, and that makes me uncomfortable. You you, you know what I'm saying? Completely, yes, yeah. completely. I, so I, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I never really believe much in the Odell's a diva, so he's not good enough. I don't think Odell works hard enough, and that's not his fault. That's I think there are very few Tom. There are very few LeBron James out here that work as hard as they're talented. A lot of people who are naturally, truly gifted don't feel the need to have to work as hard because you just show up and you're still great, you know? So I think Odell falls into a little of that. And I don't know. I don't 
watch his practices. I don't see him in off season. That, but but when we talk about why he doesn't have better chemistry with his quarterback, it's been there so many years. These are the things that make you think. Uh, but nonetheless, um, but he's only been there now. To be fair, this is only a second year in Cleveland. He was hurt last year, so he couldn't do the minicap. He was hurt this year, so there's only so much he could do. And, and the only reason I say that is because if you know, if you hear from people in the Giants organization, you hear from people in the Browns organization, nobody questions his work ethic. Not within the building, like the okay. people that know him, and they 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 might be running interference for him. I don't know because I'm not there day to day on practices, but I, I've never heard anybody to a person that he's actually worked with question his work ethic so i i don't, I don't want to do that plus that's kind of coded language too i know you're not saying it like that no but, but a lot of people, people do yeah take it like that you don't yeah. work hard because you know why i got you. yeah i want to yeah. run through a few of these games from uh from yesterday well first and foremost uh the washington football team beat the steelers tonight 23 to 17 shout out to them shout out to dave Attitude Shout out to the Attitude of Aggression, Dave. Yes, sir. Um, has there ever been an uh, – I know they're 11-1 now, but has there ever been an 11-0 team that fewer people believed in than the Pittsburgh Steelers? The ever? last time the Steelers went 15-1. When Tommy Maddox got hurt <laughs> and Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie, had to come in. They had no offense. It was Jerome Bettis all day long, and they had no yeah. offense, but the defense was giving up like 10 points a game. And so, they yeah. won the Super Bowl that year, didn't they? They I think the they won the chip that year. Yeah, but that was the year Seattle got screwed because the refs. Okay, yeah, I remember that. They did. Yeah, yeah that bogus pass interference call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's fair. I ain't boring mad at Super that, though. Bowl. Very boring. And I ain't mad at yeah. that, though, because I like to see people go out on their shield and yes. the bus going out in Detroit. I, I was okay with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but uh, some, of the, some of the games that come to my mind that uh, – Either had major uh, that either had major implications or had major moments speak that are were conversation worthy. The Lions beat the Bears after being down ten. Everybody in Chicago gone. We know that that's that's happening. They're, they're yeah, they should. It's yeah. it's over. Yes. Um, the Giants, the G man, without Daniel. Dog, I love I love saying stuff the way. Uh, um, Chris Berman, I love it. Yeah, nobody circles the wagons like the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. <laughs> the I love that shit. I love it. Um, the the Giants actually surprised the Seahawks and won without Daniel Daniel Jones. Shout out to Colt McCoy. Um, the Broncos gave the Chiefs a hell of a game, but the Chiefs, of course, won again, twenty two sixteen. But I want to talk to you, sir. Did you see the end of the Raiders and the Jets? So do you think that I don't because, okay, let me say this. So there's been a lot of controversy about the end of that game, and there are certain people that say that the Jets allowed the Raiders to score on that last play, and that's what happened. So we're on the same page here. like Because I I, I tell people all the time, I've I've had this argument with people so many times. They say that these professional athletes, they don't try hard or they don't care. Well, I've been around too many professional athletes. I know that's just not true. I've literally seen a professional football player have a hissy fit in Chuck E. Cheese because he lost a game of Papa Shot to a 10-year-old girl who happened to be my niece. So I know these... Yes, I know these melon farmers care, man. Like, that's how you get to that point. You don't get to that point without being 
as competitive as they are. And these athletes are the most competitive people on the face of the planet. They got to have the biggest contract. They got to have the best looking girl. Like they, nobody's going to just lay down. So, no, no, please finish. I'm sorry. No, that, no, I, I guess that's it, man. I don't really have anything else to say. So I don't think that they legitimately threw the game. Now, did maybe the, the, the coaching staff call a play that would be detrimental? Okay, maybe. But just I'm just coming from a player's perspective. There, no, there's no way in hell they're throwing the game. These Mellow Farmers want to win a game. So, that's, so, yes, I don't think the Jets players give a fuck anymore. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't give a fuck. But that's not what happened. If anybody watching that play has ever followed who Greg Williams is as a defensive coordinator. He blitzes way too much and leaves himself exposed on the back end, i.e. in the secondary. That's exactly who he is. He is a zero blitz guy. He will send. He blitzes more than the Ryan brothers. He is going to throw everybody at your ass. Now, the only reason this is a conversation is because the two two plays back-to-back – the first play, Aguilar got behind the, the secondary, and David Carr overthrew him. The next play is when he ran the zero blitz, and only three defensive backs that were actually, because he, he, he sent all eight, only three defensive backs were in the secondary. And Henry Ruggs just hit a little uh, little dip and was gone. So, But that is 100% on Greg Williams. Now, the, the conversation behind this is interesting because some people seem to think that Greg Williams did this to fuck over Adam Gase. Now, number one, let me say this. Adam Gase is already fucked. Yes. The, the fact that he still has a job is by the grace of God, Allah, Cthulhu, whoever you believe in, number one. Buddha. Buddha. Hell, anybody, even Satan. <laughs> even Satan. Anybody you believe in, bro? That's the reason Adam Gase is still hired, number one. Number two, Follow Greg Williams' history. Greg Williams used to be a, a coach for the Browns. Mm-hmm. But Greg Williams is most popular for Bounty Gate. If you don't remember that, that's when in New Orleans, when he was, um, when Brett Favre got hurt, because it, it was found out that Greg Williams was paying players extra money out of his pocket for the number of people that they injured or they hurt. And when Brett Favre got hurt in the playoff game, that's when it came out. So that's who Greg Williams is. He clearly don't give a fuck. So I'm not surprised at all. But that's weird to me. And I guess it's not. It's just this new world we're in. And in a lot of ways, it's better. But I recall you, you, you brought up the Ryan brothers earlier. I recall when Buddy Ryan was the defensive coordinator in Philly. And then ultimately, he got the head coaching job in Houston. They openly talked about this Mellon Farmer had bounties on Mellon Farmers. Like, they openly talked about it. And this was in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, that's just what you did. I'm not saying it's good or bad, right or wrong. That's mm-hmm. just what football was. And as we've gotten more sophisticated as, you know, as a society, I disagree with some of the stuff. Some of the stuff I do agree with because, I mean, we see how fucked up these guys are at the end of their careers. We've got mm-hmm. to try to make this game as safe as we possibly can, even though it's just not going to be safe. <laughs> Excuse me. But it's just funny to me how that became such a big deal to the fact that what Peyton got suspended, uh, Williams got suspended, 
Everybody uh, got suspended. That's just GM Mickey Loomis. Yeah. Yes. Now, talking about him trying to throw the game and trying to throw Adam well, Gates under the bus. Hold you, on. You, I want you to finish that thought. I want to talk to that real, just real fast. Mm-hmm. The reasoning, much like everything in this world, isn't what he did. Is that he got caught? No different than. Hey. No. It, it was just. And hey. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he, what he did was was right because it's wrong. Of course. But the issue is they got caught. Just like the Astros and the Red Sox, they got mm-hmm. caught. Everybody cheats. Just like the yes. Patriots with uh, Spygate. Everybody does that. They got caught. That's the biggest issue. With the, In fact, the greatest example of that is Ray Rice. And I must say, uh, please don't ever mistake me for saying Ray Rice deserved to lose his career. Like, you don't hit a woman, period. However, and this is a fucked up however, but however... He'd still be in the league right now if we never saw that video. If the video never came out, so yeah. it's a, it's just simply he got caught. That's what it was. So I, no, I just I, wanted to put a bow on that before we moved on. And if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Shout out to Bobby the Brain Heaton. But the but the allegation that Greg Williams is trying to you know usurp Adam Gase, I don't think that's that outside the realm of possibilities. Well, like, he fired now. It don't matter no more. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But you don't tell you don't think that that Todd Haley was trying to usurp Mike Tomlin those couple of years that he was there in Pittsburgh. You don't think that was his, his ultimate play? Well, let me tell you, first and foremost, no. With, with everything that we know about Todd Haley, and from everything I've ever heard, he's a shitty human being. He is, but I still think no for this one reason. Three coaches in like 40 years. The Steelers don't get rid of coaches, head coaches. So, like, it's one thing for Greg Williams, if we believe in this, for him to say, I can fuck over Adam Gates and get him fired and get the job. Because Adam Gates is a piece of shit. With the 0-11 Jets, that's, that's plausible. For Todd Haley to say, yeah, you know, Mike Thomas never never lost more than eight games in a season. He's been to two Super Bowls. He got one. You know, he's always an AFC championship picture. But you know what? I'm a, I'm going to tank the team so he can get fired. The Roonies don't, they don't, they don't work that way. So I, okay. I can't believe it if it wasn't the Steelers. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying there is precedent for this sort of thing, not just in football, sure. but I mean, just in sports in general. I mean, sure. we just watched the the reason we're even talking right now. This whole three man weave thing was the Bulls documentary. And they talked about how Phil Gates got a, you know, he kind of played the political game to get Doug Collins out of there. You can say the same thing with um, Pat Riley and what was it? Paul Westfall. Was Paul he Westfall? the coach of the Lakers? No, well, who's that was the coach of the Lakers. That's Paul, Paul Westhead. Paul but Westhead, was, I beg your pardon. But, yes, but, but yes, that yes. was magic. Magic pulled the power play. Was like I can't. I'm not playing for him no more. And you don't think? And you don't think Pat Riley read the tea leaves and saw? Oh, this smelling farmer is going to be one of the best five basketball is one of the best five basketball players ever. I should probably be friends with this smelling farmer if well, I'm trying yes. to get this job. He hitched his wagon to the right guy, but I don't think he had a play in getting the guy fired because he had no he had no play in the building. Magic had all the play. Mm-hmm. Um. The difference, there's so it's a, and it's a, the same thing. We're just talking differently, right? Greg we Williams had a play lot, in the field. but it it we leads do. to good we just, podcasts. We'd be saying the same shit and just say it differently, and then we end up yelling at each other. <laughs> pretty much, but but you know, it yeah. it's the, it, it, it breathes for a good two hours. Yes, um, but yeah, same thing. Nonetheless, he's fired now. Um, I tell you, if I <laughs> facts, I'm not that you see now why Jamal Adams needed to be, begged to be traded. And if I'm a member of that Jets defense, I'm pissed off. I am fucking angry because you cost us a, you cost us a loss. So, but nonetheless, 
the Jets are trash anyway. So it doesn't matter. Half of them won't be there next year. The entire coaching staff won't be there next year. So, you know, as we say on Bad Wagon Nerds, hashtag 2027. The, well, to quote the, uh, the late, great Craig Mack to the uh, 2020 Jets, to happy y'all, you won't be around next year. <laughs> Shout out to Craig Mack. Um, so right now, in the I'm gonna do the NFC first. Right now, um, New Orleans is the number one seat. Shout out to to Taysom Hill proving us both wrong. Out here, yeah. really, he, I'm, he doesn't ha- he doesn't have to be Pat Mahomes. He's he's playing good football. That's all they need him to do. Shout out to him for that. I know I understand Jameis will be throwing more yards and many more interceptions, but Taysom <laughs> Hill is playing well. I'm not going to argue that with you, even though I could, because we'd be on this Melopharma for four hours. So please continue. I'm not going to argue with that. Y'all know how I feel. I, I think that's been well established. I think so. Yeah. New Orleans is the number one seed at 10 and 2. They're number one in the South. The uh, Packers are 9 and 3. Shout out to Tunney. They're the second seed. Remember, in the playoffs this year, only the number one seed gets the bye. So there's teams are going to play into the end now because they all want that buy. So that's important to note. The number three seed right now, shockingly to me, is the Rams who lead the uh, NFC, NFC West at 8-4. and four. The uh, G-Men, of course, you know, all uh, division winners get the top four seeds. They're 5-7, and seven, but they're the fourth seed. The Seahawks at 8-4, and four, number five. Brady and the Bucks are 7-5 and five at, uh, at uh, number six. And we have a two-way tie, possibly a three-way tie, going into the seventh seed with Minnesota at six and six, Arizona at six and six, and uh, depending on what happens tonight, San Francisco at five and six, maybe six and six. It's important to note that Chicago's five and seven, Detroit's five and seven, Washington's five and seven, Atlanta's four and eight, Carolina's four and eight. Like there is a shot. That no, oh, you can eliminate those last two teams, sir. Okay, maybe Atlanta and Carolina, but Washington, yeah, Detroit, yeah. and Chicago got a shot because six and six and five and seven is like it's the same thing, pretty much. Yeah. So um, thoughts on that before I get to the AFC. And Tony's going to choke slam me when he hears this, but why do I not believe in Green Bay more? I mean, Aaron hmm. Rodgers is playing probably his best ball the past couple of years. He's got some young boys he could play with. They're young and they're talented. I just feel like they're so schizophrenic and gun to my head. I just don't believe in them. Why? Why is that? I I think it's because they have Seahawks syndrome, and that those quarterbacks do so much that it masks so many of the deficiencies. And Russell got a much better receiving room because DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett are monsters. No dis. No dis. No dis. Yeah, I was about to say, don't let hear it. Don't let Tony say you uh, say anything but smirching the good goddamn name of that, of Adams. I'm not dismerging Devontae Adams. I'm dismerging everybody else. <laughs> um, but both of those teams' defenses, like, couldn't catch it, couldn't catch COVID right now. Like, it, they're bad, and I think that plays a part in it. I think that both of them play well in certain scenarios, but you know, I think. You can only watch so many thirty to twenty-eight games, you know, where where the Seahawks or the Packers are having to come back from behind with two minutes left to win. Well, before you say, are they really good? 
Maybe that's what it is to me. No, I, I feel you on that. And it's interesting because I think that even though home field doesn't mean anything because we don't have fans, I think whoever gets that one seed, that's going to play a role because that's one less game that you have to play. So right now, gun to my head, because every team in the NFC is fatally flawed. I, yes. I guess every team in the NFL is fatally flawed. I, I, everybody's playing for second place at this point. I think we can all agree that the Chiefs are the leader in the clubhouse as of about right now. Yes, the but, they, team, but they're beatable. But they're beatable. They, they're beatable, but the only games they struggled with were teams in their division, which play them twice a year, and you That's literally fair. stack your team and build your team to beat the other teams in your division. That's fair. That's fair. But I mean, just but if yeah, we ain't got to the AFC yet, though. But to the NFC, like all of these teams are fatally flawed. And gun to my head, I guess I would have to go with New Orleans just because right now they're the top seed and they would play one less game than everybody else and attrition. So I don't feel good about it. I I feel you're coming from, but I do. I think New Orleans is the least flawed. New Orleans, first and foremost, have a fantastic defense. This is something. That you have been able to say since the Greg Williams era. Look at us just continue with the end of the show. <laughs> the um, good sir. The city, yes, we try. We try. Um, so, number one, that helps. Number two, Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the league, I think. Um, and Michael Thomas has help now with Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. And not to mention Alvin Kamara, who's a beast. The issue is that who's playing quarterback. And this oh, Drew Brees breaking every bone in his ribs, damn near. <laughs> only helps him because you know he slows down from week 10 to week 17. And so when the playoffs come, the arm ain't the same. He ain't got to really play another game to the playoffs. Because Taysom Hill is, hold, is holding up is holding up his end of the bargain. If Taysom went in there, I don't see Jameis losing games with this offense and this defense. So, like, they're good until the playoffs. So I trust him the most. Um, and then, so then the any other things. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but so you think that Drew is going to be back for the playoffs? Drew is coming off IR this week, so he technically could play this next week. He's not, but and he technically could. And that's what scares me about them, because this is fundamentally the exact same team last year that lost the playoff game at home to Kirk Cousins. To be fair, the last three years, they've gotten really fucking screwed in the playoffs. <laughs> Keep it a buck. <laughs> they have the worst luck of any team. The like the only team that got worse luck is the damn is the damn Bills in the nineties. Like they got some bad luck in the playoffs. This might be the year. Maybe it is because I don't see any other world beaters out there. You see that Tampa is coming back to the pack. They did better than I thought. I said seven and nine before the season. They're doing better than I thought. But at the same point in time, there's a ceiling there. You know, all there, you got to do is rush that melon farmer, and he's gonna fold like a cheap accordion. He's not the same guy, and no. that was that was inevitable because of age and attrition. Of course, but there's a there was a comfort level he had in New England because mm. those were his guys, and anybody that came into the building had to come through him because he knew everybody. He had been, he was in that building before anybody else but Belichick. Now he's, I mean, he lived there, but like he was leasing for the first few months. Like he put down a down payment on the house, but he was leasing that first. So like it's, I, I just feel like you talking about synergy. The synergy is off with that team, um, and they're and they're built incorrectly anyway, because they're built. Tom is a West Coast guy in an air raid offense, but you got to put some air under the ball, and he ain't got right? it no more. He, he can't got, throw that deep ball anymore. He can throw it if he has time, but yeah. that, their line don't give him no time. No. 
and I get what they were going for. They tried to surround him with as much talent as you could, but they kind of shit the bed here. The best case scenario for them, they needed to blow through this regular season, get home field. Because now you're struggling to make the playoffs and you put yourself in a position where you might have to travel to a cold weather city in that first round. You know, me at Green Bay or if New York holds on or Philly or whomever the case may be, you got to travel to a cold city and, you know, the cold works wonders on old bones. So <laughs> you, you might does. be one and done if y'all are able to even hang on and make the playoffs. You're right about that. And even though even though Tom's played well in in in, in the in the cold, he's a he was a cold with the guy for so many years. Forty one is forty one. Mm-hmm. Um in the AFC right now, of course, the number one seed is Pittsburgh and Kansas City is number two. But either one of those can flip because they're both eleven to one right now. Um and of course Pittsburgh leading the north, Kansas City leading the west. The Buffalo Bills right now, they're playing right now and winning 17-7, are 8-3, leading the East. Tennessee's 8-4, leading the West, I mean the South, at number four. (laughs) Go on and say it. Cleveland's number five, 9-3. Miami, shout-out to to Tua Tagovailoa. Shout-out to Tua. We were wrong. How did you pull that off? Look, I've watched. I'm from the South. I've seen too many fucking Alabama games. Bro, not me say too. His name and right. I still, he's just Tua. Yeah, I ain't but try. but you can't even say Angelo Dawkins. So like, <laughs> for the record, D'Angelo Hawkins. What are you talking there about? There you go. See, um, and the Colts are eight. The the both the Colts in uh, Miami six, and in, uh, India seven, eight and four. The people who have a shot. Vegas is seven and five. Baltimore six and five. We'll see what happens tomorrow with the Cowboys. And you said this, and I'm going to give you your credit. You asked us a couple weeks ago, do the Patriots have a shot? They're at six and six, and they got a puncher's chance. So, what do you think? Of, what do you think about the AFC? And uh, what do you think? Who do you think is going to be the three to make it in the wild card? Because that's, that's the real conversation. So I think um, I think Cleveland has solidified their spot with I, nine I'd agree wins, with that. and, and I'd they're going to get at least two more wins this year. I don't I, I don't want to agree with that, but I'd agree that Cleveland is in regardless. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think Buffalo's going to win that division. I I think Miami is going to fade at the end. As much as I love Tua and he has brought a spark to that team, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm just going to say Buffalo. So um, you don't think Miami makes the playoffs? Okay, so okay, so let's assume Buffalo wins the uh, what is well, it, the East? So just, I'm, I'm trying to break it down to to where it can make sense to me, so I can talk about it. I got you. So let's assume the the four winners right now. We're gonna say the winners. So okay. it's Pittsburgh in the North, Kansas City yeah. in the West, mm-hmm. Buffalo in the East, mm-hmm. and Tennessee in the South. Let's okay. assume that they, that's that's gonna stay the course. Okay, cool. Obviously, I got to throw Cleveland in there. I think well, that's, I think that's a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that. I'm looking at Baltimore. I mean, you guys have had the year from hell, but at the same point in time, man, every single game that you have left is winnable. You know, it's not outside the realm of possibility that y'all could go 11-5. and Granted, you play Cleveland next week, and that looks a lot more winnable for me than it did a few weeks ago. But still, you have the opportunity to go 11-9, or excuse me, 11-5, or even 10-6, or maybe even 9-7. and That might even get it. So I'm going to say Cleveland. I'm going to say Baltimore. That third team. Right now, Miami's eight and four, and Indy's eight and four. So you're kicking 
one of those out right now with Baltimore coming in. It's hard for me to believe in Phillip Rivers. I agree with that. And the only thing that makes me possibly say they'll be all right is they play in the Dome. But I don't see it. I don't see it. And uh, Jacoby Brissett's the best quarterback on the team. So let's – so it's going to come down to Miami, New England, and – Vegas. No, I think Vegas is done. I think you they're think cooked. so? Okay. Yeah, I think they're cooked. I, I thought they were good a few weeks ago. Now I don't – I'm questioning that. They for barely the, beat an undefeated – a winless team. So for the record, you are predicting – and this is just predictions. This, we don't of know shit. Of course, of course. Two, possibly six and six teams, usurping two, eight and four teams. Yes. Okay. I'm looking at New England, uh, and maybe it's my Cam bias because, you know, I love Cam. Like, Cam was – I mean, I, I'm still going back to early Cam. He was the closest thing we had to Willie Beeman from any given Sunday in the league, and it's hard for me to let go of that, even though he's played like shit since he had the Rona. But it's hard for me to let go of that. You got Cam and you got Belichick. I feel like you can you can find a way. In a jumbled-up AFC where there's really not that many – "Quote unquote good teams." I know what the records say, but there's not a lot of good teams. Like I, I could see Miami kind of falling by the wayside. I think Oakland or Las Vegas is cooked at this point in time. I don't believe in Indianapolis and Philip Rivers. If Jacoby was starting, yeah, but with Phil, you never know what you're gonna get with Phil. You just know he's a box of chocolates. <laughs> Phil is a box of chocolates, bro. We we talk so much about a lot of these older guys and their arms, but we never talk about Philip Rivers because he played in San Diego and in Los Angeles. But the fact is, he already got a wonky arm anyway because he throws sidearm. Now he's in now he's in the Midwest where he's blessed playing a dome. But if he gotta go and he gotta go to some of these cold weather cities, I don't know, man. I, and T Y Hilton is healthy, so that's better for him. They got two good running backs, Naeem Hines and John Taylor. They're a, they're a good team. I just don't trust Philip. Keep talking, man, because I'm I'm pulling up some of these schedules right now while we're talking. Um, so I if I were to make my predictions on who makes it, and I I'm with you. I think Vegas falters. I think they finish eight and eight, maybe nine and seven, but they don't make the playoffs. Um, Cleveland, I think, is a guarantee. I agree with you on that. Get to so I, it, I hate it, but they're the way they're playing. I cannot. Facts are facts. What, what, like what's, your, what's your issue with the so Browns, again, man? You, between like, you stole Indy our team. Like, don't, I'm going to say Indy fall. You stole our team. Don't I'm, get that. You stole our team. Like, Was it a dude from Cleveland that it took your girl or something like that, man? Do you need a hug? You need a virtual hug? I will give it to you, man. No, Let's heal. Let's heal. It was, this is a healing it, podcast. I, I can tell you what it was. It was it was a Mayflower, it was a Mayflower moving company from Indianapolis that stole our team. <laughs> And we said, no, we're going to Debo another team team. <laughs> um, so right now it's between – right now I'd have to choose between um, Indy and Miami. And um, I, if you I, ask – No, please. I'm my bad, man. Go ahead. Oh, because who, I, I pulled up Miami schedule, okay? Their last go ahead, four. please. please. And so they play Kansas City on Sunday. I think we can that's agree that's an L. Yeah, that's a loss. After that, they played New England, which that might be the loser leaves town matchup right there. Like the winner of that okay. mat, that game might win the yeah might get into the playoffs right there. And then they play the day after Christmas. They play Las Vegas, and then they end the season at Buffalo. Which depending on how things shake out, Buffalo might 
rest their starters, whatever. We don't. Yeah, know. they might have nobody to play. Yeah, might have any reason to play. Yeah. Um, but I if he wouldn't it be, I see two and two at the least. Two and two at the least. I think that's given a, a lot of credence to a team that hasn't been there before. Although I love Brian Flores, so you might be right. I love him as a coach. They play. They play hard for him, and and that's all they need is is to play hard because the best the best thing for a young team is not knowing no fucking better. And the Dolphins don't know no better right now because they're just playing hard. And that's why a lot of these young teams beat some of these old head teams because these old heads just been around forever doing it, and they're in routine. These young kids in Miami just out here playing hard. And that's why I trust Miami more than I trust Indy. So I'm going to say Miami makes it, and I'm going to say Baltimore sneaks in in the seventh seed. You might be right, because I just pulled up New England's schedule, and you, you might be on to something. So they play the Rams on Thursday. Granted, it's a Thursday game. but It's in New England, I believe. I think it's in, no, it's not in New England. It's out in L.A. Oh, that's yeah, that's probably a loss. Yeah, okay. And then they got Miami the next week. Okay, that's and a toss then, up. And then Buffalo. That's probably a loss. And then they close at the Jets. So you might be on to something here with Miami. Um, and I know Cam's your boy, and I don't want to diss him at all, but he's got to be able to throw the ball. He's got to make some passes. I know, I know. Um, okay. You might be you might be right here with Miami. I look. I I don't know that I trust Tua yet. He he has not given me a reason not to, but I trust Brian Flores and I trust how hard they're playing. And I feel like and all these other teams are almost legacy ish teams that have been there before. They do this every year, and then you got this one team that's never been there in years, and. Don't have honestly have no business being there at all. I, I just I, I I like what they're doing and I and I want to I want to see Miami make the playoffs. So let me look at Indianapolis schedule because I, I got Cleveland and Baltimore. I think they're locks. So let me let's look at Indianapolis schedule. Okay. okay. So they got the Raiders on Sunday. That's they're a toss at, up. They're, they're at Vegas, but that's a toss up. Mm-hmm. Then they have Houston, which they've been playing a lot better, and that's a division game, but. It's at home. It's a must-win. After that, they've got Pittsburgh. That's a loss. And they end the season in Jacksonville. That uh, divisional game. Never know. I'm looking at one and three for them too. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at one and three for the Dolphins. I'm looking at one and three for the Colts. I'm looking at one and three for the Patriots. How, I have no idea how this is going to shake well, out. They, well, then they, they, they give and give Baltimore the next five. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right, so we're going we're gonna to take a break here, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little basketball. Some major things have happened. Shout out to Russell Westbrook. Shout out to James Harden, live his best life. We'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code 
Chairshot to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So, um, coming back, we want to speak a little basketball. And believe it or not, I know this sounds weird, but we are 15 days away from the start of the season. 15 days. How crazy is that? It's batshit insane. It's, it's, it's unfathomably insane. But, Rona, this is what happens. And to get the season back on track for 2021-2022, and, you know, the Tokyo games that was supposed to be in 2020 are going to be this, this year in 2021. So, basketball, that's a summer game. They want to have some team to send. You got to do this. So, with that being said, so many moves have happened so much earlier than usual. LeBron James resigned for two years, I believe $90 million, I believe, $95. Um, uh, shout out to Anthony Davis, resigning a five year deal. And I love his reasoning. His reasoning is I've been injured a lot, so I really wanted the long term stability because he could have done another two year deal and been out with the out clause. So. Shot to him getting that money, and the Lakers are just ridiculous. Yeah, I think L.A. might have had a lot to do with that as well, because he could have also signed the extension in New Orleans if it was all about oh. stability. Come on now. <laughs> well, no, that's the reason he got his ass traded out there. You remember when he when before he played his last game, he wore the T-shirt that said, that's all, folks? Like, <laughs> he knew what he was doing. I'm still um, weird, because we're, what, eight, nine years into Anthony Davis, something like that? Yeah. And he still hasn't cut that brow because I just knew it was going to be some tenderoni that was going to get him to cut that brow by now. So shout out to him. You know how Kawhi's uh, logo is the claw. That's like his thing. Mm-hmm. His, I think he has. I, I think he has an eyebrow uh, um, insured. That is his. That's his moniker. His logo. That's his. He's gimmick. the brow. That's his gimmick. You know what, bro? You worth you bought tens hey. of millions of dollars. I ain't mad at you. Do what you want, man. Hell, uh, I mean, he, yeah. If you want to be out here looking like Helga from Hey Arnold, God bless you, man. You just got one hundred five million dollars. You go for hey, it, man. At the end of the day, Helga got Arnold though. So what's up? <laughs> um, I mean, you seen Keanu Reeves, man? That melon farmer ain't shaved since uh, since the Matrix, and he, you know what I mean, but it don't matter. <laughs> I love me some Keanu Reeves, bro. You mentioned New Orleans. Zion Williamson has announced that he has no minutes restriction this year. So we're really going to get a chance to see how well he can play. Because no minutes restriction, no back-to-back restriction. Like, And who's the coach over there now? Stan Van? Stan he can just Van. play him how he, how he wants. And I'm curious to see how that works. I think they'll be fine because you got big boy Steven Adams now in the middle. So, you know, I think it'll work as long as you got to watch his minutes, but like you don't got to. It's not where if he's played twenty five, you got to pull him out. Like if he's balling, leave him in for forty. Like you don't have to worry about that. His gait disturbs me though, and it's kind of the same thing with Cam in New England. I don't want to go back to football, but Cam is clearly not healthy because I, I I can watch him walk. He's not healthy, and I see the same thing with Zion. I, it's I all wasted. Yeah, I need him to lose fifteen or twenty. Man, he's injury prone as is, and just. Carrying that extra poundage on to you, man, running up and down the court, running and jumping and pivoting and turning and all of that day in and day out. 
that's that's a lot of weight to be carrying on those joints for a guy that has already had some injury problems dealing with his lower extremities. My my concern is less about his weight and more about his game. He needs to develop an under the rim game to match his over his over the rim game because there's been many a many a big dude in the league. Anthony Mason comes to mind, right? You know that's been way overweight, but he can still ball because they played under the rim. Now, yes, I think he needs to lose weight just for the good of his health. Uh, if that is what helps his health, but if he can, if he can get Blake Griffin is his perfect comp, comp comparison because Blake's first four or five years it's dunk, and then it's dunk. Now Blake got a legit nineteen footer. Blake is one of the best power forward passers. Like he's expanding his game. If Zion can start that early, that'll that'll elongate his career more than any weight loss will. Where's Harvey at? We need to bring back Celebrity Fit Club for Zion, specifically Duh. for Zion and Embiid. Because both of those brothers need to lose about 15 or 20 just for their health and for their longevity. I'm with Celebrity Fit Club. That was a fantastic show. <laughs> fantastic show. Um, I think we need to speak about, though, speaking of celebrities, the biggest moves of the past few weeks have been Finally, the trade for Russell Westbrook at, with Russell Westbrook and John Wall. John Wall comes from D.C. to go to Houston. And Russell Westbrook goes to Washington to prepare Bradley Bill. Shout out to him respecting the legacy, quote unquote, that Gilbert Arenas left and changing from zero to four. Um, I love, I'm not the biggest Westbrook fan. I appreciate who he is. I love that he has already put his stuff on that team. The first practice they had, he showed up two hours early. And then I think the um, I read in the article this morning that the his intensity was so strong that it left a, an indelible mark on the team. And you know he's intense. You know he's going to come with it. He's going to play hard. He's going to be intense. Washington needed that because they had a bunch of young guys in Brad Bill, and they was just out there balling, like just literally shoot. They were playing shoot around last year. If they could get some cohesiveness, and remember, Scott Brooks is the coach there, and Scott and Russ go back. Yeah, yeah. I think Washington could sneak into the playoffs and make some, and make some noise. Now, I, I totally, totally agree. I totally agree with everything you said because low key pre Rona. Washington was one of the more exciting watches in the league because, like you said, they were basically just out there playing pickup ball. It was going to be high scoring, and they were just kind of doing whatever it is that they did. But I think that they won this trade because for no other reason, you're going to get however many games they play. You're going to get the majority of those games with Russell Westbrook, and we can't say that about John Wall. So they won this trade just because Westbrook is probably going to be out there at least more than John Wall has the past couple of years. So they, I think they won the battle. They didn't win the war, and I'll explain why. Um, first, well, before I explain why, let me mention the other news. James Harden has not shown up to training camp. If you know, he uh, turned down a two-year, $100 million extension at 50 mil a pop. He's like, nah, son, I don't want that. Not good enough. And uh, instead of showing up to the first day of training camp, he, on his own volition, it's important to note this wasn't some stuff that people noticed he put this out on his own Instagram he's hanging out in Cali with his boy little baby at little baby's birthday party not socially distancing no masks just hanging out with his boys 
that was a message. Now, go please, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say that there's a whole scuttlebutt here in Atlanta in regards to little baby, and let's just say he got caught up on the uh, we'll say the Malik Beasley side of the game. You know what, man? Do we really <laughs> want to be the hooded show on 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 the airways to talk to Malik Beasley conversation? Do we want to talk that? Because that is the blackest conversation we would have ever had on Three Men Weave. <laughs> I don't think we're ready for that. I don't think we're ready for that. He Just know up, Magic man. City is dangerous, y'all. He fucked up, and I'm not even saying he. I'm not the moral police, man. You want to do what you do, you do what you do, man. But to get caught out here on social media and completely blindside your baby mama like that, you fucked up. You fucked up. It is he what it is. His baby mama and side chick. Yeah, you that's fucked up. hard to do. To catch them both off guard, that's that's impressive. And then Larsa gotta go crawling back to the Scottie Pippen residence, like, hey, babe, like, uh, like Sharon Stone and Casino, you know what I mean? <laughs> like after she was hanging out with Lester and shit, you know. <laughs> so she went back to Scotty after she was with Future. Yeah, you didn't see that. Yeah, I don't pay attention to them. I look. Okay, I was about to say something disparaging about Larsa, and I'm a gentleman, so I won't say it on air. I'll tell you after. Right. I'll know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after the show is over. <laughs> I'm a gentleman on the airways. Um, but I think the Rockets win the war because, number one, you don't expect anything from John Wall. John Wall is an all-star player whenever he plays. He's a fantastic passer. He's a fantastic def- fantastic defender. And by every stretch of the imagination, he's a really good teammate. Not too dissimilar from Russell from Russell Westbrook. Like, they just played Bradley, there. Bradley Bill about that, but go on. Bradley Bill came out and said that all that shit, and it could just be cap, but all that shit that was talked about between them hating each other. They're forever brothers. He loves them. So it could just be goodwill. I'm glad you're gone. Yeah, that's could what, be. Yeah. But I don't know. And that I feel like is a lot of what we're gonna see eventually with CJ and Dane. Brad wanted to be number one and that was John Wall team. That's all it was. But what I think the way I, the reason I think it helps is because one Wall plays better alongside James Harden. But when James Harden gets traded, which is gonna happen now, because like he's really out here living it. Shout out to shout out to Cam from uh, on Twitter. He's out here living it, living his best Malik right from the game. Like he's out here <laughs> trying his best to I saw fumble that too. the bag. Yeah, uh, but when, Malik was was down for the get down though. When it came down to the get down, oh, talking about you know talking about when it's time to play. Like Malik, Malik got two chips, man. Malik, Malik got two rings, baby. You're right, but well, okay, so that's the difference there because James are never going to get one. <laughs> but December 22nd, and especially December 25th, oh, James is going to show up to play. He's just not going to practice. Um, and, and you know what? I, don't, I ain't mad at that. Um, but but if and when James gets, gets traded, John Wall will play better in the system they're trying to create than what Russell would have. I just think it'll be a better fit. Than Russell would have because Russell, a Russell Westbrook team is dominant on Russell controlling the offense. Now I know John Wall controls the ball. There's a difference between controlling the ball and controlling the offense. Russell controls the offense. You know what I'm saying? You see, you, you get the difference. No, no, I get exactly what you're saying, man. It's very Russell centric, and I, I'm I'm higher on Russell than you are. He's one of my favorite players to watch, and it's like okay, he's ninety percent of what you want. That ten. It's kind of rough. It's a little brutal, but I'll take him every day because I know every single night he's coming to war. 
he's going to go to war. And I, I, I can respect that. I'll take I, that 10% deficiency from him. I'm not mad at that either. And the only problem, that's not my, my issue with him is simply that he does not seem to listen to what his coaches want. And, and that is, that's an assumption because I cannot understand why on two teams and you've played with multiple MVP winning teammates that you can't take yourself away from controlling the ball. From, from, like, I don't understand. And, and maybe it's on the three coaches. Maybe the coaches just ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's what I was going to say, man. And I don't want to shit on Dan Tony, but Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan – I that guys. ain't exactly Phil Jackson and 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 Lenny Wilkins or you know whomever or Greg Popovich. You know what I mean? It's not, but Kevin Durant is still motherfucking Kevin Durant, and James Harden is still motherfucking James Harden, and he still was like, "Nah, bitch, I'm motherfucking Russell Westbrook." And like, I get it, I do, because he's MVP too. But like, KD left. Don't don't look. Forget all the yeah. noise you heard. We know why KD left. You're right. You're right. I can't argue that. As much as I love Russ, I can't argue that. We all know why KD left. So, like, at, at some point, you got to get through your head. Man, I, maybe not change, but maybe I need to alter something. He won't do but it. Then, but then he, he left um, he left uh, Westbrook to go play with Kyrie. So that Mellon Farmer got some shit going on, too. I think they. I think that the reason him and Kyrie hooked up is because they're the only two guys in the league that actually I like the other each one. other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. They're kindred spirits. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Durant, his old team, um, one thing I want to, another news item, interesting to, to mention, Draymond Green and James Wiseman missed, uh, missed Warriors practice, and the prevailing thought is that they got COVID. Mm. So you're already down Clay. Kelly Oubre is trying to get ingratiated in a new system. Uh, Steph is coming back. Try to be healthy again, and your leader because it's, it's Steph's team, but we know Draymond is their the vocal leader. vocal leader, and your number one. I'm sorry, well, your number one in terms of round, but your number two pick draft pick, both out for the first week or so of practice. I think that hurts them. What do you think? That sets a bad precedent for the team. I wanted to bring this up to you, man, just in general. So, number one, man, I pray that uh, both Draymond and Wiseman recover and they'll, yes. they're going to be okay. Yes. Uh, that being said, we have seen precedent, at least in the NFL, like when people, some c- certain guys, when they get to COVID, they don't exactly bounce back to the level that they were before. Not Cam everybody, Newton, like you're stuff. speaking about. Yeah, like my man Cam, like uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I, you know, I'm just throwing some names out there. But one thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I guess th- I guess this kind of leads into that as well, man. The fact that they're running this back and turning it around so quickly, you know, considering that the the finals just ended in what September, early September, and so now we're yeah. yeah, and now we're running this back. So I feel like this is going to benefit some of the younger teams and some of the teams that weren't necessarily in the bubble. But some of these more veteran teams and some of these teams that have brought on new pieces and they need time to gel together, i.e. the Lakers, even though we both we we both know they're still going to win it this year at the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. But some of these teams that, you know, brought on new pieces, man, I feel like this is going to be detrimental to them. So how do you think that is going to affect at least the early NBA season? And we got to throw COVID out there, too, man, because people are going to still keep getting COVID because these melon farmers can't sit their asses at home. And there's no bubble. That's important. And there's to know. no bubble. That's important to note. They're still going to be traveling. The NBA and 
for the record, Adam Adam Schefter, Adam Silver. You mean um, you mean Tony Dungy? You mean White Tony Dungy? I okay. I what, you what do you it? say? I can I can I can smoke a bag of that. That's 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 your that's your go to, right? Yeah, you see it though, White Tony. I Dungy. I, I see it. Take take the glasses off. I can see it. Yes. <laughs> um, Adam Silver is the only one of the four major major commissioners who has actually handled this correctly. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't believe he's handled it correctly, he's handled it effectively. Um, so I'm worried about them traveling, but he's put in a whole bunch of provisions. He were the, the, the weed rule is relaxed. So like to, I yeah, guess so, to get, to get through. Yeah, so but, like shout out to Jarrah Smith. But puff puff pass. Okay. So what if the, what if the, the dude that's rolling up, what if he got the Rona? And Look, you man, puff, puffing and passing. You gotta take you gotta take your wins with your losses, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, you gotta give them something to, to to you. So they they already they're man. I I need to find the article, but I'm I'm not gonna find it in time to but finish I this feel conversation. Like that's what, but I feel like that's what Silver's doing. He's trying to give a little to try to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's like, okay, I'll relax this shit, but yo, y'all got to just yes. chill the fuck out because is that, is, you know what I mean. That's exactly it because um. They released an edict, I guess is a bad, maybe that's an incorrect word to use, but speaking of the protocols, and one of the protocols is they cannot go to clubs or whatever. They can't, you know, and and among a much, bunch of other things. But if they, if they don't follow those protocols, the team could be fined or lose draft. Like, it's, it's like really heavy. Sanctions and of course these motherfuckers rich so that's fair but, but draft picks that that's kind of a big deal especially when it comes to like trading chips and stuff like that so that's that's on the table like if these guys fuck up their team could potentially lose draft picks I believe so I don't want to speak incorrectly I I, I gotta find the article so if you want to will you bloviate for a minute while I find this oh don't mind if I do so getting back to the Golden State Warriors we talked about this before we went on air how Andrew Wiggins done found 20-30 pounds of muscle and it, it makes them interesting this was before I learned about the news about you know Dray, uh, Draymond and James Wiseman prayerfully they get back healthy and whatnot. I know they don't have Clay Thompson but if Andrew Wiggins is gonna try which that's you know his talent has never been the question. His question has been whether or not he gave a damn. And the fact that he came back 20, 30 pounds heavier, that lets me know that he gives a damn. He's trying to work. So if they bring him back, they still got Seth, or a chef rather. Obviously, Draymond is going to be back at some time. And I think that James Wiseman, in the position that he's in, between Chef, between you know, between Draymond, between this new and approved Wiggins and Steve Kerr, who apparently is an offensive guru, I think that he has a really he has an opportunity to really come in and make a huge impact right away, which makes the Golden State Warriors an interesting team in the West. Well, I mean, without with with Clay, they I think they were the second best team in the West. Without Clay, I think they might be the fourth best, but they're still really good. And look out for FU season from Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I I have the I have the information. He got them them hood rat. He got them jailhouse braids, right? <laughs> so he ready nah. to work. Them jailhouse braids. Them, them, you, 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 you like, like a brother named Skillet or Bubba put them braids in his head. You call them jailhouse braids. I call them fuckboy braids. But nonetheless, <laughs> what's up with them, man? Like they were just so him and uh, Aisha, like. 
he, he, they were so nice, and that that's why they ingratiated themselves with the the brass in the NBA. Like he had a beautiful family; they were wholesome and Christian, and this and that. You think the, it changed? It sure looked like it changed. He out here with jailhouse braids, and she out here trying to keep it up with the Kardashians. I look. I just thought the you see them as jailhouse braids, but like that, like that's what the kids are wearing now. Really? Yeah, that's one of. Do you do you play two K? I don't. I don't have a gaming system. That's one of the. That's one of the major hairstyles of two K. That's like a thing that kids wear. That people wear now. Russ Russ has the same braids. No, Russ, yeah, not Russ. Russ and, and Russ. Yeah. My boy Russ come and several from different places. Yeah, but, come on now. Um, Russ is from I Ain't Going Back. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, Seth, you're right. Seth came from, you know, privilege. No disrespect. Yes. But come on. You know, your okay. dad is was a former NBA player and your mom. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you was going to yeah. be all right either way. You could have went and got in, into tech or something. So let me read this for you. In an updated version of the health and safety protocols released this weekend, this is, all, this is on ESPN.com, the NBA laid out what the potential punishments will be for players, staff, and the teams that violate them. The protocol states that any failure or refusal to comply may subject players and staff in tiers one and two to disciplinary action by either the league or individual teams up to and including warnings, fines, and or suspensions. Anyone who is found to be non-compliant may also have to go through educational sessions on the importance of following the protocols and how they can protect both themselves and others. In addition, teams could also be punished for failing to comply, as well as failing to report any potential or actual violation and or discipline imposed by the team for such violation. If teams are found to repeatedly violate the protocol, they could be subject to enhanced discipline. It specifically pointed out that any violations led to spreading the coronavirus or to other teams, and as a result, require adjustments to the NBA schedule or impact, or impact any other team, could cause punishments up to and including fines, suspensions, adjustment or loss of draft choices, and or being forced to forfeit games. They're not playing this year. That's pretty serious. That's fair. So it was. And, and shout out to Adam Silver. Yeah, so that's what it was. Okay, I'm going to let y'all Melon Farmer smoke weed, but come on, give me some. And that's I, I that's like fair trade-off. That, that's very fair. And, you know, I've had my issues with Adam Silver. I think, honestly, I think he's a little too buddy-buddy with the players on the okay. Tony Khan side of the game. Okay. But nobody can deny that the NBA handled this Rona better than any other sports league. Nobody can deny that. That's, that's and, undeniable. And to, to your point, a point you made yesterday when we recorded Bandwagon Nerds, which was a great point, is that when you when someone's too far this way, the success will oftentimes be too far the other way. Mm-hmm. David Stern was too um, team-related. Yeah, right. Yeah. Too discipline related. Yeah. So, so now my stepdad coming in and wants to be my homie, mm-hmm. and that's Adam Silver. Yeah. And it may be a bit too much, but I feel like he's on that line because he, first big issue we had, like literally the first few months, Donald Sterling got him out of there. Yep. Every single issue he said, the China situation, fixed that instantly. Like he's really seemed to have walked this line where like. 
he's batting a thousand right now. So I would give him uh, eight fifty, but we saying the same thing. You batting eight fifty in baseball? Yeah, like you're a hall. Of, who yeah, the fuck you're is the who the fuck is Ted Williams? Yeah. yeah, you're the greatest of all time. Yes. Any other thing you want to hit on uh, basketball wise before we go on to our next thing? So who's because you know it's going to be one. So who's yes. going to be the one? Sharon Smith. No, 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 no. I take that back. I take Lou that back. Williams. No, the same person that fucked up in the bubble, Daniel House Jr. Mm. No Malik Beasley talk. Well, he need to be on his P's and Q's right now. He need to be a choir boy at this point and stuff. He lives in Minnesota. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Go to Prince House? Like, what is it to do? I was about to say Prince lived in Minnesota and he got pr- plenty of tail. You just didn't. Yeah, care about but it. Prince brought the tail to Minnesota. Touche. Yeah, and you know wasn't walking around the mall with the tail <laughs> when he had a wife at home. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, Somebody's just... gonna fuck it up though. It's oh, just multiple people. Multiple yeah. people. Yeah. But I, but I do think if you compare this to the only other season I think we compare it to, 99, mm-hmm. it's going to be much better because so many people fucked up in 99 because they just didn't give a shit and they had the fat contracts. I think people see the merit of what we're doing, and I think they see the, the, the actual repercussions of what could go wrong because every day you look at the news and you see people dying and these things that are happening and nothing else if you really want to, if you want to be effective, I think there's also be fucked up. But what be fully effective is have have all the players have a Zoom call and just let Carl Anthony Towns talk for ten minutes. You wouldn't have nobody mess up all year because what that man's had to live through. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because uh, yeah, of this, because this virus, yes. like yeah. you can't look at that man and say, "I right, fucked it. I'm gonna go to the club." If you care. So that's, that's fair. So one more question, man, before we get yes, up sir. out of here. Yes, sir. When do you think they're going to try to bring fans back into the arenas? Because you know it's going to happen. You know they're going to at least try. Well, it's, so here's the problem. It's going to be based on every state. Like, look at look at California now. Yeah, the, they shut back uh, down, right? And they shut back down. The, the 49ers are playing a home game right now in Phoenix, in, in Glendale. Yeah, yeah. So it depends on the area um, now. I don't. I can see them trying as early as January to get a thousand in with social distancing, kind of like some of the football teams are. But until it's consistent, I don't see it being until April, May. Playoffs is a good. Playoffs is a good point to look at to say maybe if we can get this thing, the vaccine should be coming out in the summer. If we can get this thing situated enough and well enough to, and know what we're dealing with enough. Maybe we can get half full houses for the playoffs. I think that's doable. So I said this before, and I, I one more thing. So I said this before on these airwaves that I think that them putting those social justice messages on their jerseys, I thought that was kind of the litmus test to putting to them becoming NASCAR and okay. like having like Pavlene oil or you know. Well, like the WNBA things. does. Say that again. Like the WNBA does. Yeah. So do you think we're going to see more advertisement on the jerseys this year? Because they got to make up that revenue somehow. If they're not going to have fans, they got to make up that make up that revenue somehow. Because at the end of the day, eventually the players are going to be like, because the co- the owners are going to eventually say, well, we can't. I know 
in this contract, but we can't really pay because you don't become a billionaire spending your own money. And the players are going to be like, well, we got to make up this money somehow. So I think in theory it makes sense, but in practicality it won't happen because it has to be collectively bargained. They're going to have to go to the table and the union's going to have to agree with the, with the owners in the league to do that and what the split of the, of the revenue is going to be. It won't happen before this year. In so the future, think, maybe. So you don't think that the owners this year can go to the players and say, hey, we ain't got it. I know we owe you this because you're supposed to pay 82 games, but we ain't got it. But this is how we can get it. You don't think, And if, if they come to the players with that, you don't think the players will sign off on it? No, because they've already signed up on the on the season, so all okay. all okay. all the guarantees are already guaranteed. Okay, right. The, the first ones they already have guaranteed contracts, mm-hmm. the majority of them. Yeah. But whatever whatever the split was going to be to usurp the whatever issues of revenue was already agreed upon when they agreed to have the season. Okay. So yeah, so it's, I think it's too late. Okay. Had you talked about that back in October when we were having the conversations of when to have the season, then yeah, I think it could have been possible. But at this point. They can't throw it in without it being, and that's the beauty of, for those of you going back to wrestling with the wrestling talk, that's the positive and the negative of it is everything has to be collectively bargained. The re- any any revenue share has to be collectively bargained and and talked about in, between the union and the and the organization on what the split is going to be. So I think there's a very real possibility in the future, and they already have that. Every team already has a. Every NBA team already has uh, a, a a sponsor on the top right, like the Orlando is Disney and um, um, the the Warriors are Rakuten. You know, like already all of them have one already. But in terms of like having the logo gone, because of the WNBA, they don't even have the logos on the front of their shirts. They got like Minnesota says Mayo Clinic. Mm. You know, because but they yeah. needed that. Because the players wasn't making shit until they changed and re-collectively bargained. Um, so down the road, maybe, but it won't be. It won't happen this year. It's it's, it's too late now. Fair yeah. enough. Keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. In February, when the Oklahoma City Thunder are sponsored by Cracker Barrel. Well, they're sponsored by somebody, but if they, if their <laughs> logo, if the Thunder logo goes away and says Cracker Barrel, I'll come on this show and eat my goddamn sock. I, I was trying to make a joke, man. It was either between Oklahoma City or Utah, and Cracker Barrel had to be in there because I just thought that was funny. Well, shout out to Cracker Barrel because they have fantastic food. We're gonna take a break. Look, I'm from the South, baby. We're gonna we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back and talk some fuck shit. Sports, 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 sports. sports. So I believe firmly in my heart that because there is no more fight night. Um, you know, available on 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 your platforms, your PS4s or fives, your Xboxes, that the actual boxers themselves want to play Fight Night in real life. <laughs> this is how you get things like Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson and Nate Robinson and 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 Logan Paul, and this is how you get Floyd Mayweather coming out of retirement, and this is an exhibition fight, so I don't know if it counts to fight. The big Paul brother, and it is I, I, oh boy. When the money Logan gets Paul. low and the hungriness show. So, do you think this is a fact of Floyd Floyd's money being low or Floyd being greedy? Because I feel like this is more greedy than his money getting low. I think it's more he needs a check, and and when I say that, I'm not saying that. Like if if he's hungry. He can go ahead and hop in the car and go to Crack a Barrel or go to Zaxby's or whatever the case may be and go get some food. Like he's not, he's not starving. Broke. 
Yeah, yeah he's not starving at all. But a, a lot of the whole Mon- Money Mayweather, man, he was basically playing, and I know we talked a lot of wrestling on this show, but it, it, it applies here. He's doing the Ted DiBiase gimmick. He's the million dollar man. Like, he's not struggling. But at the same point in time, I never thought that he was rolling the way that people think that he was rolling. Because people don't understand, man. Like, number one, he was the promoter of those those last few fights. So when you <laughs> saw, oh, Floyd Mayweather is getting $300 million, you don't take into consideration, number one, half of that is getting eaten up by taxes. But also, he's got to pay all his people. He got to pay his corner man. He got to pay his trainers. He got to pay his cup man. He got to pay his sparring partners. He's the promoter, so he got to pay the other fighters that were also on the card out of that 300. You know what I mean? Um, he's got to rent a gym to go train in if they didn't work anything out. And if he didn't work anything out with the MGM Grand, he's probably got to pay them something as well. Plus, with that 300 million, yo, know, man, that's based on pay per view buys. So it might be, and he doesn't get that money until. Theoretically, y'all, and I say y'all because I don't pay for those things. That's my form of reparations. But he doesn't get paid until y'all pay y'all cable bills. So it might be like six months to a year before he even gets that money. and Or, or maybe they'll break it up in like installments or something like that. So I don't think he's like rolling. He's good. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not good. I just don't think he's rolling the way that people think that he's rolling because most people – don't understand how money works. They just hear three hundred million and think he's depositing a three hundred million dollar check into his his bank account and at Bank of America or Wells Fargo or whatever the shit. But that's just not that's not how that works because he's a boss. So out of that three hundred million, he's got to pay everybody. So I think he could use this check, and I think it's an easy payday. Because if not, what's the point? You're fighting this fucking J bro, man. You, in my estimation, Floyd Mayweather is the greatest of all time by any metric. He's the goat. By okay. any metric, he made the most money. He drew the most money. He took the least punishment. He's and undefeated. You know. Yeah. Like, so so why else would you do this? Because this is like a – this this doesn't make sense. This is like fucking Jay-Z having a freestyle battle with, you know, uh, uh, just random YouTube rapper that freestyles. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Okay, fine. I didn't want to name any names because I didn't want to, you know, deface anybody. But fuck it. Soulja and and notice Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is a legend in his own right. But but keep. I wouldn't go that far. But okay. Soldier Boy is a legend in his own right. Soldier Boy changed the way music is 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 is, is perceived, is consumed. Soldier Boy is a legend in his own right. I just say he's a legendary rapper. But, but you he's get a legend. Yeah, okay, that's yes, fair. Yes. But you get. Yeah, I'm not going to argue your semantics with you. But you get what I'm saying. It's like why would. Mayweather stoop himself to this level when he's at GOAT status if he didn't need a check? So, first and foremost, anybody, everybody needs a check. Warren okay, Buffett out here, every, Warren right. Buffett out here need a check. Bill Gates need a check. Everybody wants and needs a check. So, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I disagree with the assertion, though, that he's doing it strictly. A, Floyd comes off to me as a guy who is extremely greedy monetarily. Anytime he can get some money, he want it. And I ain't mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. He's earned that right. He's earned that. And Floyd also takes me as a person who's never happy with his success. Right? Like, there's a lot of people that can just retire and never think about shit again. He ain't one of the people. He's fully... Why do you think he's not uh, satisfied with his success? It's not like he can read the negative articles uh, written about him. Jesus Christ. That's fantastic. 
but was not expecting that at all. That is, that is, oh my God. That's one of the best jokes ever told in this program, y'all. Um, nonetheless, <laughs> he's, he's fully, he reminds me a lot of, and this is a bad comparison, but you get the idea. Remember when Brian was, wasn't cleared? And, but he still had to come to work because he was the general manager. Mm-hmm. Floyd is still fully ingratiated in the business because he is a promoter now. So he has his own fighters. He has his own promotions. He can't get away from it. So I'm sure he's watching all this shit happening and watching great fights happening like Errol Spence beating uh, Danny Garcia. That right? Was you know, there's been a lot, a lot of good fights recently, you know. Yeah. Things like that. And then not even that, but seeing these old heads who don't got no business fighting, like Tyson and Roy Jones over here making millions of dollars. And he's sitting at home like, I can do this in my sleep. Why can't I get another 300? So I, I just feel like it's a greed thing. And the one thing we've never given Mayweather enough credit for as a mass, in, in mass, is his savvy. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, who... I've already I already stole Connor and made half a mil off of him. Mm-hmm. I already half made a I already you know what I'm saying I'm sorry half a bill yes yeah. I already made damn near half a bill off of an old ass washed up Manny Pacquiao. Who can I leech off of and get another three hundred to five hundred million? Oh well, there is that bitch ass YouTuber that everybody hates that wants to box now. I'll fight him. Oh yeah, let's announce it after his brother fights Nate Robinson. Not only did his brother fight Nate Robinson, but knocked him the smooth the fuck out. Whoa, whoa, whoa! So this ain't the melon farmer that knocked out Nate Robinson that brought his fight. His brother. I had no idea. I thought it was the same dude. I I don't know this motherfucker. He just looked like like Aaron Carter before the drugs took over from the Backstreet so, Boys, or Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys before the drugs took over. The Logan Paul. Was a, was one of the most famous YouTubers in the world, mm-hmm. and he there's this place in China, I, I think it's in China, called the Killing uh the it's the Killing Forest or something, where so many people go in that forest and commit suicide, and he was vlogging walking in the forest and saw a dead body, Jesus. and made a and made a YouTube about it, like joking about it, mm-hmm. killed all of his reputation, lost all of his sponsors. So many people stopped watching him. And then from that point on, he's continued to do more and more stupid shit, say more and more stupid shit, and just become a pariah, which is why he started fighting in the first place, because, well, if I've lost my outlet for YouTube, I'm a big guy in shape. I'm going to try fighting. And at first, the fight, the first fight he had was with uh, KSI, this rapper who he had beef with, and it was a celebrity fight. And that's when I first heard about him because I, yes. I didn't know it was a rapper. I thought it was another YouTube personality. But that fight grew like a million buys. Then that's when I first. That's when he first came on my radar. Because of their popularity. Because they're so popular. Now they're not popular people like me and you because we have fucking lives. But like he's they're popular. So, but also he took the fight seriously and had both the Paul brothers. If they fuck all the the fame bullshit and want to be you know, the male Kardashians and all that nonsense, if they actually said, I'm going to train full-time and be boxers, they have talent. And they're very physically in shape. Have the right body style to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Logan realized I can make money doing celebrity fights. Why not do this? And he's done, I think, two so far. Both he's won. Both he's made good money. 
Floyd sees a paycheck. And I'm not mad at that. And it's it's slight work. If he's you saw what he did to guys like Sugar Shane Mosley and Zab Judah and all these people he's fought. Yeah. So it's slight work for Logan Paul. It's slight yeah. work. Slight yeah. work. I know Manny Pacquiao had a messed up arm, but he made Manny Pacquiao look like he was 65 years old. Yeah. Slight work. And slight work and get another 300 mil and then go back and continue doing nothing? I ain't mad at that. I just know I'm not buying that shit. <laughs> no. I'm not buying it either, man. Now, uh, the but you're going to watch it. I'm not watching it either. Okay, that's fair. I was about to say the curiosity factor might get me to watch it just because I'm a, I'm a Mayweather mark. So I might watch it, but yeah, I'm certainly not paying for it. I was more interested in Jake, his little brother, and Nate because I wanted to see what Nate could do. And yeah, that showed me I need to be watching this shit, bro. <laughs> that's it. Shout out to Nate Robinson, but that's it. Black people bag. I'm, I'm not going to say slavery, but at least Jim Crow. That set us back that far. Like, come on, bro. And you know what it was. He he did the same thing we did. If you didn't know who this melon farmer was, you Googled him. You Googled their picture. You looked at their picture. You said, okay, this looks like Aaron Carter with the Backstreet Boys before the drugs took over. This is light work. I'm a professional athlete. And he didn't take it seriously and got his ass knocked the fuck out. The rise of MMA in this country has proved, shit proved to you motherfuckers, stop mm-hmm. judging people by how they look. Mm-hmm. There was a young man that fought at the, U- at the UFC a couple of weeks ago, um, was in, um, fought, sh- uh, shout out to Uncle Snoop, Uncle Snoop was calling it, um, with um, Uriah Faber, was um, fighting on uh, Dana White's Contender Series. That's the reality show almost that Dana White goes and finds people that, you know, he's looking to see if they can make it to the UFC. And it's really good stuff. They have really good fights because they're fighting for everything. You know, it's make the UFC or not. And this kid had the little moppy hair. And, like, he was, of course, he was shredded because you can't do that and not get shredded. Take a jiu-jitsu class. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Uriah Faber was telling the story. He took, he started taking jiu-jitsu classes because he was getting bullied every day. And he was small and scrawny and was tired of getting bullied. And now this motherfucker's knocking people out like it ain't shit. Stop looking at these people's pictures and thinking what they can do. It's, yeah. it's not looking it's not looking for you now. Not in the age of MMA. Not at all. You, you, you're absolutely right. You can't judge a book by its cover. And I, I've had this conversation a mean times with my brother. who He's my older brother, but he's also 6'6", 285. So whatever happens, he's going to be all right. But we talk a lot about this, about how, you know, because you know how it is, man, when you deal with society and people think they can just talk to you any old way. And and, and his remedy for that is that you should be able to catch a fair one with somebody. Just period. Like, nobody I'm calls any cops. Yeah, nobody calls any cops. No harm, no foul. Somebody talk to you on that bullshit, you should be able to catch a fair one. But we have that conversation a lot of times because a lot of these guys, man, you look at them, they look like geeks, but since the rise of MMA, you don't know. You can't, like you said, you can't judge a book by its cover, man. You out here and you'll you'll get tapped out by Harry Potter. Harry Potter rip Harry Palmer. Harry Palmer, Jesus Christ. Harry Potter rip your goddamn arm off and you don't even know. You you do you look look at Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. Do you really think that if you looked at that guy and never saw him wrestle, don't you think you could beat his five foot nine or two hundred and ten pound ass? Yeah, if Daniel you saw Brian him, would yeah, out and he about. Would, you, yeah, he would tear you in half. About it. 
you'd be trying to have. And you'd be trying to show off to your girl too. Like, oh, this motherfucker ain't shit. Fuck this motherfucker. You'd be, you know, boinking him in the head and shit. Next thing you know, your arm is ripped off. If he wants the arm, it might be the leg, it could be the knee, it could be the ankle or the shoulder. Yeah, he'd he destroy you. Either um, way, it ain't going to go how you think it's going to go. No. There was a UFC fight night card this weekend, and we're not going to speak about it too much because I don't think you watched it. I just want to give a shout-out to Martin Vittori. Had a fantastic showing against Josh Hermanson and uh, looked fantastic. And I love to see when fighters are emotional about their wins because it means something to them. And to Vittori... This was his opportunity to get into the into the not the title picture, but the number one contender picture. And um, this was big for him in this country because like he's one of the main main Italian fighters. And so like this kind of submitted him as the top fighter from Italy and like it meant something to him. But the fight was fantastic. Shout out to that. If you're not watching UFCs every week, you're missing something. Fighting is the best it's been in a long time. Um, You want to you want to. Put a bow on this with your final thoughts on uh, Jones and Tyson? Because I didn't watch the fight. Uh, it was clearly a work. I'm going to say that. Like, neither one okay. of those guys was going out there trying to hurt the other. Tyson was clearly the aggressor. And if you were scoring it on a, on the up and up, he would have been the winner. Roy Jones came out there, man. He had tits. He had a belly. And he was out of gas by about round two. And it was just he would throw a couple of punches out there and clinch and yeah at the end it was a draw so i mean yeah it, it was a work i'm glad they got their money i like i said uh i i think i said it on these airways i don't remember if i said it on the airways or before the airways but i heard that this fight drew a million buys which that that's about good right. and yeah, i'm glad everybody right. got a check nobody got hurt and it's all good now the next thing that i'm hearing and i talked about this on pot is war like at the beginning of the year you remember whenever that video came out when Tyson was, uh, you know, in the in the gym or in the ring and punching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What I was hearing back then is that they were trying to set up a fight with Tyson versus Holyfield part three. Obviously, they went to the Roy Jones, but now that's what's coming to fruition is that yep. Tyson versus Holyfield, which both of them Mellon Farmers. I know Holyfield need a check. Holyfield got like Holyfield got more kids than ODB or RIP. So I know Holyfield need a check. And Tyson could probably use the check as well because it's not like he can tour with his uh, his one-man show, which if you've never seen that, you guys should check it's it fantastic. out. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. He's really good in it. Like Tyson, people sleep on Mike. Mike is one of the more most intelligent, well-read, and mm-hmm. introspective athletes that we've ever seen. Like Mike Tyson is who y'all think Peyton Manning is. Like for real. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You feel I'm with that. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Um... Yeah, Holyfield even came out either today or yesterday and said that yeah, that's that that he's working towards that. So, oh boy, yeah, we um, just pray nobody gets hurt. That's all. Yeah, that's that's all it is. But you know what? Keep as my as my boy Jalen Rose says, keep getting them checks. Keep getting them checks. Um, <laughs> we're gonna take one more break, y'all, and we're gonna get out of here. Uh, we're gonna speak a little Jimmy V. Thechairshot.com. Always use. Your head. We're back with the three-man weave, uh, Ray Cash, uh, Chris Platt. This is normally the part of the show where we like to, you know, show some love to John Saunders and show some love to uh, to sports reporters and, and give our party shots. But instead of doing party shots, I, I asked uh, Chris if we could kind of just speak a little bit about 
the Jimmy V Jimmy V Foundation and uh, Cancer Awareness. This uh, this week in ESPN is Jimmy V Week. If you don't know who Jimmy V is Jimmy Jimmy V is Jim Valvano, um, a Hall of Fame coach who used to coach for um, uh, NC, State. NC State NC State Wolfpack, won a national championship against my U of H Cougars, um, and one of the greatest finishes ever you'll ever mm-hmm. see. Um, but Jimmy V had had cancer and was given uh, an award at the ESPYS and gave one of the most recited, most amazing, most inspirational speeches you'll ever hear. If you ever hear people say the phrase "Don't give up, don't ever give up," that's not John Cena, bro. That's Jim Valvano. And um, more recently, the guy who kind of took that mantle was the late great Stuart Scott, who was a personal hero of mine. Stuart Scott fought cancer three times and um had it's kind of like now the new the new age poster board for the Jimmy Jimmy V Foundation. And I just wanted to say some good things about them, some good things about cancer research. Um all of us have been affected by cancer in some form or fashion. I know we're in the age of Rona, so we're all hypersensitive about health and and our bodies and the things that are going on in the world from a healthcare perspective. Um, my mother had cancer. My grandmother's beat cancer twice. So many people that I, that I, I can touch have had cancer or died from cancer. It affects us all. So I just wanted to take a moment to give some awareness to that. Tell you guys, please, if you don't want to donate, just, just be thinking about it. Educate yourselves. Go get checked. Women, get your yearly mammograms. Guys, if you're over 40, go get your prostate checked. Let's be smart about this. You know, I know it's easy to see pandemics and to be scared and to say, okay, well, I need to do this to protect myself. But there were silent pandemics every day, diabetes, cancer, you know, these things that kill us all the time we don't think about. We can go get checked out and not worry about it. So I just wanted to get some awareness. So that is a big important thing to me. I'm gonna see the mic to Mr. Platt. And if you want to say something, if you don't, floor's yours. There's nothing I can say after that, man. That was well said. There's nothing else I can say. That was well said. Everything that my brother just said, times two. That's it. That's all. You just got to be smarter, man, you know, especially as black people, uh, diabetes, hypertension, you know, high cholesterol, so many everyday things. We didn't take care of ourselves. And so many of these cancer treatments, of these cancer diagnoses can be, so many people's lives can be saved if you just go get checked early. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. It's not emasculating. It's not, you, you know, you're not being weak. It's only going to help. It'll save lives. And if you are able, if you are willing, donate. Just as much as we need people, so just as just so much as we need to find vaccines for the coronavirus so life can get back to normal, there are many people whose lives will never be back to normal because of their own pre-existing condition or their own ailments. And as much money as it took to get a vaccine for this coronavirus, we still need money to find cancer. We just lost Chavik Bozeman to, to, to pancreatic cancer. We just lost another one of my heroes, Alex Trebek, to colon to, to, to I'm sorry, Chavik was colon cancer. Alex was 
pancreatic cancer. You know, when these are people or Uncle Randy or Aunt, or Aunt Edna, you know, we need to look out for each other and just be smart. And it's nothing wrong with us as a society looking out for each other. That is the point of a society. I'm going to get off my soapbox, but, you know, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Jimmy, Jimmy V Foundation, look it up. Um, no, that, that that was well said. And also shout out in RIP to Natalie Drizel. I, oh, I yeah. that I'm, I'm saying that that woman's name right, but uh, we literally just lost her today to colon cancer. If yeah. you don't know who she is, she was apps and how to be a player. If you ever saw the Eve sitcom show on uh, U, not UPN on um, WB, she was on that as well. More recently, she was in Tyler Perry's uh, Big Happy Family. Yeah, and we and we just lost her today. So. Shout out to her and rest in peace to her. And I just second everything my brother just said. Seriously. I hate to leave y'all on a sad note or a somber note, but it's an important note. Nothing is more important. It's the holiday season. So nothing's more important than taking care of yourselves, making sure we get back to the next holiday season. Because if you go to ProWrestlingTees.com and slash the chair shot and buy some chair shot merchandise, you want to wear it for the next four full year, right? So, you know, I got to bring it back to the bring it back to the family, bring it back to the show. ProWrestlingTees.com slash the chair shot. Uh, my brothers are much better promoter than I am. So please. What are you talking about, man? You're doing a fantastic job. Are you kidding me? Well, you know, well, you know, you 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 have all your superlatives and stuff, and you know, Jesus. Well, okay, so you got Jesus did the job. That's this Jesus is the reason for the season. If you believe it or even if you don't, get the shirt. Hashtag journalism. Save tag team wrestling. A winner is you. Uh, so many shirts we got out here that you can go get. Support us. Supporting the chair shot allows us to give you more content like this. You're right, and we depend on viewers and listeners like you on the PBS side of the game. You all, I'm, I'm gonna let you wrap this up, man, because you've been doing excellent. So all I'm gonna say is, you all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Uh, make sure you guys check out Bandwagon Nerds. We were on there this past uh, week. Uh, my brother and I, we had a very, we'll say, spirited discussion on Bandwagon Nerds, but it's good podcasting. Also, you'll catch me on Pot is War, which debuts every Thursday nights on TheChairShot.com. And, and again, man, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please, TheChairShot.com. We're not just a website, we're a movement. And I'm letting my brother wrap it up because he's been doing well, and he thinks, oh, I can't do it. You goddamn right you can't, so you about to do it. <laughs> well, I do it every week for my show. Well, there you well, go. I don't, I don't do it for my, my show. Kyle does it. <laughs> anyway... Um, yes, I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y, as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars. Shout out to PC Tony at PC Tony. PC is the engine behind this, the conductor yes. of this of this very weird orchestra that we got going, but he makes this work. He'll be back next week for sure, hopefully. Um, yeah. We're at the show at three underscore man weave. We actually tweet from it, unlike my show. <laughs> I am the host of The Outsider's Edge. And, of course, I'm with Bandwagon Nerds, as uh, Mr. Platt just mentioned. We're also a member of the ChairShot Media Network at ChairShot Media. Um, always use your head. If you can't use your head, use your dick. If you don't have either, buy a shirt. 
or buy a shirt either way. Use your head and your dick and buy a shirt. The trifecta. Hey, if you out here living like that, live like that then. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been a pleasure to be on the airways with you guys. Um, the holidays are coming up. Hanukkah is three days away, so happy Hanukkah for all those people who support that. Happy Hanukkah. Um, um, Laheim. Laheim, yes. Uh, and, you know, we got more things coming for you. We got more content. This is the best time of the year. One of the best times of the year for a sports fan because baseball, I mean, not baseball, football is getting into the nitty gritty. The NBA season is about to start. And, you know, Christmas Day is like it's showcase day. So we got a lot of stuff we got to talk to you guys about over the next few weeks. So look look forward to listening and hearing some crazy fuck shit from us. With that being said, thank you for listening. And as my brother says, until next time, shalom.